Welcome. This is One Christian, One Topic. Today, our guest is Erika Jacinto. Today's topic, communications within the church. Let's get to it. Erika, in the five years at the Catholic Church of Montreal, what have been your primary tasks and responsibilities as the Director of Communications and Media Relations? So I actually have two roles in the diocese. On one side, yes, I'm the Director of Communications and uh, Media Relations. And on the, other, on the other hand, I'm also the Press Secretary for Archbishop Christian Lepin. So for the first role, um, Communications and Media Relations, I'm uh, overseeing the, the, the strategy planning implementation of uh, messaging that goes out externally from the diocese to the general public. Um, I'm grateful to say that we have a, a small and wonderful and talented team that work with me. There's uh, three, um, three team members and we oversee the content that goes out in our channels available. We have a um, nice, uh, strong, uh, well-built website that uh, has uh, active content that we change it uh, regularly. And we also have uh, social media channels with uh, a number of followers. So those are main, the main external, um, external, external challenge that we, that we manage in terms of content. And in terms of uh, our, our role really as a team is to evangelize, to bring Christ to people, to get to know him, to talk about him and the mission of the church, which is basically to evangelize. So um, that's the focus on our work for anything that we do externally. And in terms of media relations, I look after media that you, we get requests from different media, uh, press, TV, radio, written um, media that I would I would manage different topics with them. I would answer interview questions. Sometimes I'm the spokesperson for the diocese in different subjects. And that's, uh, that's the second part of that communications role. At the same time, I'm, I'm the press officer for the Archbishop. For that, I look uh, look after um, at my press review each day uh, topics that are in the public arena where we can proactively talk about through uh, statement, through communiques, through an event. Um, so I'm, I'm drafting and publishing all those um, contents. And I'm also supporting the Archbishop in coordinating his interviews and talking about which ones to go and uh, what are the ones that we should be proactively saying something. And it's it's really that second role that I work directly with him as, as the pastor of the diocese. You say you communicate with a lot of folks. How is that communication like? I'm thinking more speaking from a private sector. There's a certain kind of way of speaking, but now you're part of the Catholic church. So sometimes there's different voices and speaking styles and perspectives. How, how's your approach knowing that not only yourself is a, are a Catholic, but you're speaking from the Catholic church, archdiocese? Yes. Um, well, first of all, because um, I'm working for a religious institution and it's clear that the Catholic church has a mission and it's known, or if it's known, I would mention it to whoever is contacting us for comment. So it, it is, uh, it's interesting because yes, we are the Catholic Church in Montreal, but we are a united universal Catholic Church. So uh, the topics that we discuss 
in any responses, in any approach, we have uh, that angle to respect that doctrine of faith that is that is belonging to the universal church. So we approach the topics in any in any given circumstance, uh, following the teachings of the church, following the teachings of the teachings of Christ in in, in the uh, in the gospels. And we have uh, many, many uh, requests for, you know, comments, uh, uh, feedback on sometimes issues, sometimes, let's say something recently that happened, the death of uh, the Pope Emerit, uh, Benedict XVI. So, so there was a lot of media interest to came to us and, and to, to get some feedback. How do you react to this news? And who is coming from Montreal to the funerals? And so we, we had a statement, we had many interviews, we had a communique out. So, so it depends on what the topic is. There's always an approach to take and we discuss it and we, before we, uh, we reply to any of those. You mentioned how you work with the Archbishop. What was, what was that experience for you? I'm coming more from a perspective that probably a majority of laity don't interact with the archbishop or, or their bishop on a daily basis or on a regular basis. But for you, how, how has that experience uh, been for you? Yes, uh, thanks for answer, uh, asking that question. I felt very, very privileged five years ago in September 2017 when the Archbishop called me to tell me I have chosen you for this role. The feeling was humbling because I, I felt that I was being chosen to do such a, uh, an important role for him and for the diocese. Um, so that was my, my, my first reaction, which I, I thought it was important to share. Uh, after that, it's about developing a, a relationship with uh, the person you're working with. Of course, he's the Archbishop of a big diocese. We have around 190 uh, parishes and missions. So it's, it's big and it's uh, multicultural and it's full of uh, ways of doing the mission for, 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 for the love of Christ. So working with him has been a wonderful learning experience, learning about what is an Archbishop what the, what his his role is how he he uh, he approaches his role as a pastor of the diocese and at the same time uh, doing some administration for uh for the for the diocesan um team team uh, team players so it's been a, a growing experience for me because he's a man of faith he's a man of uh, meditation of prayer um, I have learned uh, spiritually from him. I have learned doctrinally from him. I have been inspired. I'm still inspired by uh, his um, humility and the, the serenity uh, that he portrays uh, facing uh, sometimes difficult topics. So um, it's definitely a privilege for me to work directly with the Archbishop and to learn from him and uh and I'm, I'm I'm happy to be servant to 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 be serving the the church in this in these roles. What's something that you didn't know or didn't think of or you thought incorrectly about the archbishop? I'm not talking about just the individual. I'm talking more just the, the office of the archbishop. Yes. What was one thing now five, uh, five years afterwards that you're like, oh, I guess I thought that incorrectly or I didn't know that. That's what, what archbishops do. Yes. Um, so I, I, I was in the corporate world before as well for uh, almost 15 years. So I, um, 
I thought my next um, mission uh, following my faith was to accept this role in the Archdiocese. And that was a big change in what I was doing before. I didn't have a lot of expectations because it was fairly new for me. And I have been uh, surprised how the Archbishop is looking after so many topics and so many people that would like to speak with him, either individually or or organizations or uh, different uh, communities that are related to the church. So the amount of responsibilities and the busyness of his days um, have always uh, been uh, surprising to me because he's able to attend to those individuals, groups that want to, to, to meet with him or to talk to him or to consult, and, and he's there. So I'm struck by uh, his ability to handle, um, to handle all these uh, requests and uh, doing a lot of that uh, during this, during, you know, a, a short night and a very long day. Um, so that's something that that really is is been uh, is been there since I met him. I, I I didn't know and I didn't expect uh, working with somebody that is such a um, such a demanded person in terms of uh, time and 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 uh, responsibility. But yet he's also somebody that when when he's sitting with you, he's a hundred percent with you, and that's uh, that's a gift I think. You also mentioned that you manage the social media. Where where have you seen growth or kind of learning lessons in trying to reach people through the social media channels? Yeah, that's thank you for uh, asking that question. Um, so I remember when I when I joined the diocese in 2017, we had some followers in Facebook and some followers in in Twitter and YouTube. We did not have an Instagram uh, active account. And I remember uh, in Facebook, I think we had something around some somewhere around three thousand or a bit less followers. And I have to say that social media for us have been uh, a different story before the pandemic, and after and during the pandemic. So we have um, exploded and used much more our social media channels and, uh, and grew. Um, as of 2020, and that's been a wonderful um, missionary tool, missionary tools uh, to really send a message of hope and love, accompaniment and uh, courage that uh, people were thirsty for, uh, especially during the time of the of pandemic when uh, a lot of uh, anxiety was building up in, 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 in our hearts and in our minds, and, and we didn't know what to expect. So um, today, for example, as a comparison in 2000, January 2023, we have over 10,000 followers on Facebook. We have an Instagram account of uh, 1,600 and more, uh, Twitter over 3,000, and YouTube the last time I saw, I think they were like around eleven thousand. So, so we have um, a large amount of of people of followers that are there, and so we have that responsibility of uh, 
continue building on that community. And the reason they're there is because there's a thirst. There's a thirst for, for love, for the truth, for spiritual accompaniment, for uh, good spiritual readings, for meditations, for uh, getting the message of, of, of true love from God. And, and that's what we're there for as missionary disciples. One thing I first came across was, I think it was Lent or Advent's uh, reflections on the YouTube channel. And one thing that stuck out to me, at least in that series, you were able to get laity, just people, I guess, across some different parishes to uh, provide their own reflections. How did that come about? Just the idea of let's get people from different parishes and let's hear their voices. How was that invitation process, but also coordinating and filming and all that? For me, on my end, I just saw uh, probably, what was it, uh, four, five, six videos, but I'm sure there was a lot more work and back end just to get all of that out there. Yeah, yeah. The YouTube channel has been wonderful for us. Um, to use for testimonials and for reflections and for meditations. So um, I am happy to say uh, and joyful to say that um, we have uh, counted with many faithful uh, in the diocese that have offered themselves to provide this kind of accompaniment, specifically most um, in the most uh, important liturgical times of the year. So either before Easter or before Christmas, Advent or Lent. So uh, the idea is that there is somebody that is, you know, women or men, some of them are married, some of them are single, but what, what we share, all of us, is the same faith, different uh, different ages and different backgrounds. And the idea is that they, each of them, they bring their own um, their own aspect, their own testimonial of how are they living a specific time of the year, um, a specific uh, Sunday uh, reading, how is that talking to them. And we feel that uh, those voices are um, so varied that if one of them resonates less with me, the other one for sure will resonate more. And as far as there is at least one message that is touching people from those videos, we are making this happen and we are in the right direction. And there's a lot of good content on, on, on our YouTube channel because there's also a testimonial from consecrated life people. Uh, we're actually celebrating their uh, their annual day, which is in February of the, the Day of Consecrated Life, and we have all the testimonials of of uh, you know um, nuns or monks or, uh, or or brothers that are living in communities, and and that's a different type of uh, lifestyle. And also for the Year of Faith, we created a series of videos talking about our our faith journey um, from either likes or 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 priests or deacons or, or simply, um, you know, parents at, at home. And it's it's just very enriching uh, as, a, as a community to be able to share uh, those testimonials through a, a channel that is well visited. And I also saw that you were involved in being a media liaison and part of a national communications team to Pope Francis. I, I just want to ask, what spiritual insight were you able to gain from that experience, kind of seeing yourself working in and for the church? Yes, that was that was a privilege. That That's the first word that comes to mind. Um, so I went to see the Pope uh, first in April last year, so 2022. That was four months before he came to Canada. 
Uh, I was part of a Canadian delegation meeting him in preparation to the following trip. And um, well, there's many things to say. I guess the first one that I would say is spiritual insight for me is uh, the persona of the Pope was uh, particularly uh, inspiring. The first thing that I that I was inspired about was his humility. Um, when when you see him, when he approaches you, when he looks at you, he's very humble. He's caring. He's loving. He's approachable, and he's he's somebody that really uh, represents. I think represents that virtue of of uh, humility and charity. Uh, very well and and it's inspiring for for many to 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 grow on that um on those virtues um at the same time we know that uh he's he's coming to canada was part of that journey that uh he's been he's been having together with indigenous peoples not only in canada but he also went to other countries and met them and that's that's another uh Another thing that struck me spiritually is that he, for him was a penitential journey. Um, when he came to Canada, he he had some physical uh, restrictions to move and uh, you know some pain and 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 yet he came. He did the amount of visits and he saw um, as many as many communities as he as he was able to and he maximized his his trip in in, in a few days that he came here um i think we're blessed as as as, as a catholic church and as humanity to have uh, to have pope francis as as pope um he's uh he's he's really uh very human very uh, very uh, caring and that's that's uh, definitely a, a spiritual insight. And the second thing I wanted to mention that was also um, very good to to learn from is the amount of people that volunteered to uh, to be part of the bigger team to organize this event. And most of them they were working on a voluntary basis and with their own resources to make this happen, to welcome the Pope to Canada, for him to have a decent stay uh, and, and, and to take care of all the pilgrims that were going to see him. So so again, it was it was um, an overwhelming uh, sensation of like uh, joy and, and at the same time, uh, uh, touching how uh, how many people were were mobilized and uh, they were truly doing it from the heart. Um, so so that that's great. And, and on top of that, I mean, it was it was extremely demanding and exhausting experience because part of the national team, well, we had to prepare so many things, and I was doing media relations for French and and Spanish and international media. So that was a wonderful growing experience as well because we, we we reached different horizons. Um, but it was, it was uh, even though it was exhausting, if they were asking me to do it again tomorrow, I will do it again. Oh yeah, it's, I think it's one of those very rare occasions. And I, I think that's one of the reasons I, I pretty much appreciate you lending your voice because I feel like not many of us can interact at that level uh, with archbishops or, you know, even see the Pope. But I feel like sometimes we don't know that. And so even you yourself just talking about it, I think, gives us a little glimpse in terms of how uh, not only human, but uh, relatable and, you know, just like us. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> 
You're very welcome. Thank you for asking. I just want to end by asking the same questions I ask all my guests, which is the first question is, what is one scripture verse or part of the Bible that really resonates with you and why? Yes. Uh, so I don't want to make a mistake. So I have a little, uh, my little uh, passage that I love, which is uh, from Luke. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your, to your word. So this is, this is, these are the words of Mary um, when he received the message from, from the angel. And uh, it strikes it, it actually talks to me a lot because for me, he uh, put him, herself as service right away to our Lord without asking questions, without asking why, with just abandonment to his will. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, I offer my daily work to our Lord and I abandon myself to him because I know I know we have our father, he's, he's, uh, he's our our uh, our spiritual father, our father, our creator, and he will look after us no matter what. And we make mistakes and we fall and we we have to stand up and we have to continue with that trust, with that faith, faith with that abandonment that Mary uh, reflected in this passage. And for me, this is the kind of uh, path of sanctity that we should be called to follow. And, and I think Mary, is, is a great example for this. My second question is, what's one word, a couple of words that you would like God to use in describing you? Uh, the word that comes to mind because it has, it, has, it has been brought to my attention in different parts of my life, it's perseverance. Um, I think I'm a person that perseveres no matter what. Uh, through storms, through sunshine, through darkness, and through light, uh, I I I continue moving on. Uh, I try to do the will of our Lord in, in my life, especially when I'm facing difficult decisions. Um, I trust again on Him, and I persevere. And I know that I make mistakes. That I'm that I'm full of uh, failures. But I also think that that's the way to grow as well, to learn from what you're not doing great and how can you become better. So persevere and continue and and you will you will you will feel that you're gonna be a better version of yourself by uh, learning from your journey. And that's one thing that I that I uh, that helps. One thing that helps me persevere as well is at the end of the day, each day I tend to do a reflection on how did my day go and where were the highlights and what are the things that I that I did well and the things that I could have done better, and and then okay I make my own sort of meditation and the next day it's a different day and I had learn something from the previous one so and again i persevere because uh that's the only way to grow you sound very faithful i am faithful <laughs> <laughs> is there any last comments any um thing you want to promote or would like others to support uh i think your podcast <laughs> I, I think it's something that i uh 
you know, I have I have been listening to a few of your uh, guests and uh, thank you for that uh, tool as well, for that way of sharing uh, people's, uh, you know, Christian's perspective and voices, as you call it. So continue doing that. And I, I, and I, I thank you for, for, for doing it, for taking the time and the resources to do it. Um, there's, there's something that is going on in the church now, in the universal church that is called the Synod. The synod, the, the Catholic synod that is going uh, as we speak, it started a couple of years ago and it will uh, continue on. And basically, it's all about um, gathering as faithful and speaking and listening to what the church is today and what we should be um, striving towards to become a better church, to become a church of outreach for uh, for this world that need need the Catholic Church, that need the voice of Christ, that, that need that love. So I, I think for those that are uh, out there listening that are Catholics, get involved in the Synod. Talk, discuss, respond, participate, and, and be hopeful that at the end of this journey as a synodal church, we will, we will start a transformation where we need to, and that we will become better, um, you know, the, better than what we are today and better than what we were 2000 years ago when we were founded so that's what i wanted to say and and thank you and and let's let us keep being uh, the salt of the earth and the light of the world amen erica i appreciate you taking the time to give us a glimpse of your role within the church and please continue the great work that you are doing and i can't say thank you enough and thank you to everyone for tuning in and we hope you subscribe to listen to upcoming episodes, and please share this podcast. God bless us all.